Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about Nia Jax's hole. Her hole! We break it down. Also, when it comes to Monday Night Raw, we talk about Charlotte Flair, Lacey Evans, Ric Flair, and how that story is going down a whole different road. And, of course, we talk about Drew McIntyre. And is there a hole in his heart as we get closer and closer to Elimination Chamber one week from Sunday? All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. What did you like about Monday Night Raw from last night? The flow of the show, the pacing of the show, there was something different. Uh, For a couple months now, we have been talking about how Raw needed to change up their pacing. Uh, It's always like, you know, promo segment, commercial, then match, and then dive spot to the floor, then commercial, then come back with the match, and then a finish, and then a backstage. Now, they kind of did it, but the way the show flowed, every segment kind of flowed into one another last night, and I felt that the show was paced a lot better. It was a lot more fun. Um, there were still things that did not make sense, and I think that you're going you're gonna to tell us about the things that didn't make sense to you. Mm-hmm. But as far as um, uh, trying to connect the segments together to make it an easier view a more fun view. I believe that they did that. I also thought that the the matches were good. The quality of the matches were good. Um, some of the matches didn't make sense. As I said, you're going to get into that. But the matches were good. And overall, I thought it was a decent show. I was entertained. And you mentioned the flow of the show. I understand where you're coming from. You talked and you challenged Monday Night Raw a couple months back about changing things up a little bit. Let's let's get this flow better. Let's let's not be so um, predictable in what we do from segment to segment. And I I agree with you, Bully. I, I think especially the last few weeks they have done a better job with the flow of the show, being a little bit more unpredictable. Uh, but my problem, uh, and this is something that we'll talk about at length, and again, it had nothing to do with the matches because I thought when you look at the matches from last night, I thought the matches were really, really good. But you said making sense, and that's where I really had a problem with the show last night. I, I, I was scratching my head trying to make sense of a lot of what we saw last night. Uh, top to bottom, like, I don't understand the direction they're going in in a lot of ways. And, and maybe you can help me. Maybe the nation can help me. But I was a bit confused by what I saw in those three hours last night. Uh, I, in the past couple of weeks, I have said that I'm now watching the, these shows 
as strictly programming and whether it's basically a thumbs up, thumbs down as to whether or not I was entertained for that night. Some of it will make sense. A lot of it won't make sense, but if it doesn't make sense storyline wise, whatever, was it a good match? Was it a fun match? Those are the things I'm looking at. It's kind of (laughs) like, it's kind of like leaving the bar drunk and walking home. The only thing that really matters is if you make it home or not. You yeah. might not walk home in a straight line. You might, you know, stumble a little bit. You might walk around the block or, you know, whatever. But as long as you get home, that's all that matters. And sometimes when I'm watching the, the show, it's a, it's a drunken walk home. But I got home last night. And when I got home, I felt good about it. So decent raw to me. Okay. All right. And if it, if and I like your mindset going in. I, and I think that's a different mindset than what we do on Wednesday nights and especially how we watch SmackDown on Friday nights where it's just like, hey, you know what? I'm going to I got to sit down here. I got a show to do tomorrow. I got three hours of Monday Night Raw. Entertain me, you know, do your best to entertain me. And if that's your mindset, that's a healthy one to have bully. But I do like my wrestling to make sense. And something that you always talk about, too, you're, you love your pro wrestling with a real uh, bit of realism to it. And those are two things that I thought were lacking uh, from last night's show. And, you know, let's start from the beginning. And that is, you know, Shane McMahon shows up. I thought it was kind of cool to see Shane McMahon. I'm a big Shane O'Mac fan. You know, Adam Pierce makes... Uh, makes the announcement of what we're going to see at Elimination Chamber when it comes to that WWE Championship, and you're getting, you know, AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy and The Miz, you know, and Drew Drew McIntyre defending that WWE Championship. So right off the bat, Bully, I'm a little confused. One is Jeff Hardy, And and I understand Jeff Hardy's a former champion, Jeff Hardy's a star, But, you know, not exactly the greatest track record over the last few months on Monday Night Raw to deserve a chance at the WWE Championship. And the one that really got me scratching my head and maybe even scratch my head further later on in the show is The Miz with the Money in the Bank briefcase in a championship match at Elimination Chamber against Drew McIntyre, especially later on in the show when he's in a promo with Edge. And he's talking about how he's going to cash in that Money in the Bank briefcase at WrestleMania. Like, you're in a championship match in less than two weeks at Elimination Chamber. So, are you already giving up the fact that you're in that match and that you have no chance to win? And you're already looking ahead to WrestleMania? Very confused by what took place with that last night. Completely agree. Completely see your point of view. Um, they have uh, a uh, responsibility to put on the best Elimination Chamber main event that they can possibly have, and putting the guys that they have in that match makes sense. The way they're getting there might not make sense. The drunken walk home. Yeah. You know, if, if the bar is across the street from my house and I have to walk around the block and down the side street and come in the back door as opposed to just walking around uh, across the street. Well, I guess I still got home. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. I still got home. (laughs) And you got home. But like, you know, Uh, Dave, I've said it many a times. If it's up to me, every minute of the three hours that I was watching would make sense. 
or as many minutes of those three hours would make sense. They don't go about it like that. They, I don't know if it's, they don't have the time, the interest, or they put too much time uh, into one thing and not another. I don't know the the details of how to th- their day-to-day Monday goes on or leading up to a Monday. And that's why I'm looking at this completely differently. I don't want to say I've had to dumb myself down, but I'm now just looking at it as as whether I'm entertained or not, as I've said before, and do they capitalize on opportunities? What you just talked about with The Miz. The Miz has the money in the bank briefcase, and he says he's going to win at WrestleMania, correct? He said he's going to cash in, cash in at WrestleMania. He's going to cash in at WrestleMania. Well, why wouldn't he be saying that he's going to win the Elimination Chamber and win the championship at Elimination Chamber? I, I don't have an answer for you because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Correct. But if I were to, if I were to concentrate on all of those little things, we would be in a situation that we found ourselves in months ago. It's Tuesday. Let's bury Raw. Yeah, and I don't want and I don't want to bury Raw, but you got to help me out here a little bit because it's a 3-hour show, so you got to get me emotionally invested. And there's things, you know, bully you always talk about when it comes to Wednesdays like with AEW. Hey man, they're on to something here. I like what they're doing. They're entertaining me, but we got to tighten the screws a little bit here. Hey, you want me to you want me to invest emotionally in this championship match? All right, the referee's got to do a little bit of a better job of counting and you know, let's let's follow the rules a little bit here. You know, we talked a li- we talked yesterday about the Super Bowl. Hey, you want me to get emotionally invested? Get, you know, stop with the stupid penalties because the stupid penalties are gonna are gonna ruin the game. Same thing with like a lot of what we see. You know, for some of these shows, when it comes to Monday Night Raw, you just said it. If 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 I'm a wrestler on Raw, I'm I gotta be like out for blood a little bit creatively because it's like, man, like let's make, Hey guys, come on, let's make this make just a little bit more sense. And the viewer will be more invested in what we're doing. Case in point with that elimination chamber match. We just talked about the Miz, but Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy's in a championship match at elimination chamber. The guy's done nothing. You know, I love Jeff Hardy, but the guy's done nothing but lose over the last few months. Doesn't exactly deserve an opportunity at Elimination Chamber, and then he's in a match with AJ Styles after the announcement. So I'm saying to myself, all right, this will probably be a good opportunity to have Jeff Hardy beat AJ Styles. That's going to make me buy into him being in an Elimination Chamber match for the championship. Now, he gets hurt early on in the match, winds up tapping out like AJ Styles wins. Kind of a predictable outcome based on what we've seen from Jeff Hardy why not have Jeff Hardy win? Now I'm a little bit more emotionally invested in Jeff Hardy, and he deserves the opportunity to be in the Elimination Chamber match. Did you like the match between AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy? Sure. It's AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy. Hard not to. That's all I'm looking at. Like, I'm going to, uh, there are going to be times where I just can't help you make sense of it. Because even if I put my, <laughs> like, my creative, the biggest creative hat I have on and the, and bust out the biggest pencil I have, I can't make sense of why they do certain things. Case in point, what you just said. 
Jeff Hardy. He's been on a losing streak. He's going to be in the elimination chamber. Okay, here he is against AJ. We'll give him a win so he's looking a little strong going into elimination chamber. Nope. No. All right, let's see. Why did they do that? Let me try to figure this out. Well, there'd be certain people who would say, well, let's see how this unfolds. What, what, what needs to unfold? We already know he's in the elimination chamber. So I just kind of look at it as it's programming. It's a match for the sake of a match. Did I like the match? Uh, for that, with that 10 minutes of my life, was I entertained or not? That's, I guess, the, the way I have to go about things these days. I don't know why they did that. Jeff Hardy is Teflon. There are, there are certain talents out there that you can beat them all day long, and you, they'll never lose an ounce of steam. With Jeff Hardy, they can move him to the front of the burner or the back of the burner, wherever he needs. They figured he's already in the elimination chamber. It's not a big deal if he loses. Is AJ in the elimination chamber also? Yes. Okay, so maybe next week they're going to have a rematch and Jeff will win the rematch going into the Elimination Chamber because that would be typical WWE 50-50 booking. I don't know. And that's what I, I, we could sit here for the next three hours and try to figure out why they did that match last night and why the finish was what it was. And we probably not even come close to, to, to getting a real answer. And then you get Vince McMahon on the phone. You go, Vince, why'd you do the finish last night the way you did it? Why not? <laughs> well, why did you do it? Why not? I don't know if there's rhyme or reason when it comes to a lot of this stuff. I could definitely see one agent saying, hey, you know what? Jeff Hardy has, uh, has lost a bunch of matches. We should probably get him a victory. And then another agent saying, well, you know, AJ could really use it because of this, this, and that. And they go, okay, fine. Let's just, give it, put it, let's just have AJ win. Well, why AJ? Well, you can't hurt Jeff. Yeah. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. And listen, sometimes our nation you, makes... Watch this. Go ahead. You know what? You just gave that whole elaborate uh, example of the Elimination Chamber and Jeff Hardy and this. You know what really burned my ass? What? You know what? Completely like... Uh, well, I looked at the TV and I was like, you got to be kidding me. How about when Omos and Shane McMahon crossed paths and didn't even say hello to each other? <laughs> I know. It's because they want you to forget. They want you to forget. Right there. That's the stuff that I consider insulting. Shane is the one that brought Omos in, right? Yep. Yep. He was his bodyguard. They didn't get into a fight. They didn't leave on bad terms. How come they didn't eat, just knuckle up? How come How come Omos didn't eat, just give a head nod when Shane gave him the salute? W why? Maybe they you want, want us to forget. to forget. Oh, maybe you're right, Dave. They want us to forget about the underground. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. I, I, I got to tell you, if I, if I had to, based on story and what I've seen lately, I would love to see Sheamus versus Drew. <clears throat> I really would. I just don't think Sheamus, I don't think Sheamus's star has risen 
since he's coming back to the point of WrestleMania main event. And I wish I did not have to say that because Sheamus is, has been so damn good. And I could make an argument for him being the MVP of the WWE um, for a long time now, at least during the COVID era with his matches and his promos and everything they've handed him. I'm just not sure if that's a WrestleMania marquee main event. Well, maybe, Bully, they do enough over the next couple months starting at Elimination Chamber to build up the fact that you buy into that being one of the main events at WrestleMania. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see that happen, absolutely, because I think Sheamus has earned it with his work. I his agree. mic work, his ring work, everything. Because when you look at what we're going to see at Elimination Chamber, obviously, let's, you know, any one of those wrestlers we know, as 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 Adam Pearce said, all former WWE champions, all fantastic, all future Hall of Famers, in my opinion, as well. But, you know, Jeff Hardy, not exactly the best track record. That's not going to be a main event caliber match. Uh, Randy Orton, as we saw last night, we've seen it multiple times. I don't need to see that again. Um, you look at AJ Styles. AJ Styles is fantastic. Storyline-wise, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And The Miz has the money in the bank briefcase. And at nauseum seeing him with John Morrison, I wouldn't want to see him in a main event match at WrestleMania. So really the only one that does make sense right now, if Edge is not going to challenge Drew McIntyre, to me is Sheamus. And if that's the story and you build it over the next two months, I think like what you just said, him being the MVP or one of the MVPs during this COVID era, not a bad match at WrestleMania 37. Vince is always looking for those big marquee matches. Like I said, do I think it would? it's a great story? Yes. Do I think it would be a great match? Yes. Hard-hitting match, too. Um, just not sure if it has that marquee value. If they could get Sheamus there within the next uh, couple of months, that would be great. Remains to be seen. I'm I'm all in on the Sheamus journey. Yes, and and I love the story, and I love how they built up the friendship to have it break apart due to this championship and what we might see at WrestleMania 37. Now, before we went to the break, I talked about memory loss, and you said about when it came to Shane McMahon and almost like, hey, you know, Shane brought him in. How is the, how come there is absolutely no acknowledgement between the two? You know, how can you how can we forget what we saw? With Raw Underground. It was just a few months ago. Now, hey, it's Raw. It's the WWE. Three months is an eternity in the world of the WWE. You know that, Bully. But then at the same time, later on in the show, something that happened three months ago, they want you to remember like it happened last week. And where I'm going with that is we saw nine consecutive weeks, Bully. We saw Lana go through a table. Nine consecutive weeks. And then there was no... No payoff. The last time we saw Lana go through a table was before Thanksgiving. And then just out of nowhere on a random Raw in February, we're seeing a tables match between Lana and Nia Jax. Like, bully, where the hell did that come from? Uh, thin air. Somebody's ass. Well. Preferably, <laughs> preferably your sisters. Um, <clears throat> uh I, I don't know why they decided to do the tables match last night, but I think your your comparison of they want us to forget about Shane and almost, but they want you know they didn't want us to forget about uh, Naya and Lana. Well, what they did last night by reminding us was a good thing because Lana was going over. You want 
because it's t- taken so long to get to this payoff match, you do want to remind people of how we got here and why. That's why you show the nine announce tables being broken. This way, when Lana wins, let's assume, <clears throat> excuse me, you were a first-time viewer, you would at least know why the payoff meant as much as it did. So that was a good job by them re- reminding us. And uh, I... I I think it's important this morning that we we talk about something that happened last night um, that I think has the wrestling world talking talking and uh, it's a pretty big deal that I'm I can't believe we we kind of glanced over the first half hour of the show. How do you think Nia Jax's hole is feeling this morning? <laughs> It's like, you know, we've seen, like, in case in point, Chris Jericho bit of the bubbly, you know, a little bit of the bubbly, like, and that takes off, like, the, the strangest things. But to hear Nia Jax miss that leg drop on the ring apron and her say, my butt, and then yell out my hole, like, I was like, what the fuck? I, I actually, I had to take the DVR, rewind it. I said, did she just say what I thought she said? And she did. She said my hole. And that, like you said, that was the most talked about thing from last night's Monday Night Raw, without a doubt. Poor Nia Jax. She broke a hole. My hole. You know what the cr- crazy part is? when you Because that apron is so hard and stiff. When you land a certain, like the way she landed, I could definitely, I could almost feel the pain radiating because she probably hurt her butthole. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really stiff area, you know? So, hey, she probably. Her- Bully, when we talk about realism and, 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 we talk, we love realism in our wrestling. That was the one thing from the show last night where people are like, did, did she really hurt herself? Like, was that her reaction? Like, and I'm like thinking to myself, that was the most real thing we saw from that three hour show. Because you're right, looking back at the way she landed and how hard she landed, and then seeing the anger and frustration in her face where she tossed that table. Like, because that's a table that's going to be used. Like, you would think is going to be used. Like, Man, that was phenomenal because I think she really did hurt her all. It reminded me, and the our older listeners will get this, our younger ones not so much. Remember in Caddyshack when Rodney goes, ooh, ooh, my arm, it's broken. <laughs> she was like, yeah. ow, my hole. <laughs> like, but that, hey, you never know what wrestling fans are going to grab a hold of and take. A hole? You know, now but that, people want yeah, shirts. Hole. People want shirts that say my hole with Nia's expression. They should jump on it quickly. They should. But, you know, again, they'll they'll find a way to not make it cool anymore. But we'll see what happens. But we I hope Nia for for the next nine weeks, Nia Jax will probably say my hole on TV. Oh, yeah. They're going to do something. That's typical WWE. Yes, we're going to see yeah, nine weeks of something where she she misses the leg drop and she says, my hole. Like, hole that's buster. what we're going to. Yeah. That should be her new finish, the hole buster. Well, hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films 
to Talking Fantasy Sports on SiriusXM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. I think what we need to do, Bully, seriously... Like Naya, after taking that tumble last night, we should send out video, video greetings to Naya and, and hopes that she's okay. So I think asking her, how's your hole, is what we should be doing. The nation's got to do their part this morning. I agree. That's a great idea, Dave. The nation should videotape themselves asking Naya, how is your hole, and send it mm-hmm. to Naya, tag Naya, tag us. I think yep. it would be a nice thing to do. I think so, too. Ed, Deepest sympathies your- for your yes. hole. Deep. Make sure the message is wholehearted. Deep. Oh. Deep sympathy for your hole. Mm-hmm. Today it's... we're thinking about your hole. <laughs> like we've seen, my, we've my seen head. injuries. Bully. We. we uh, you're a Hall of Famer. You've been wrestling for a long time. I've been watching wrestling for over forty years. We've seen storylines recycled. We've seen the injury angle where a wrestler suffers an injury. And then comes back from that injury. Broken arm, broken leg, Achilles tent. Like, there's there's a laundry. Have we ever seen a broken hole? I, I don't know. But the best storylines are organic. And, and, and I love this. We, they, they, should, they should build an entire story around Naya's hole. Yeah. This could make or break Naya's career, to be honest with you. This could be, like, the next big thing for Naya. She's got to come out now week after week with one of those like what are those what are those soft cushions you sit on when you <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like a, a, like a, a donut cushion. Yeah, the donut. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's got to come out with one of those donut cushions so she doesn't hurt a hole. That's what she's got to do like when she's about to do her leg drop, she puts that on the mat so when she yep. does the leg drop safely her ass could fall on the donut. Naya. How's your hole? <laughs> God, man. Keep her away from a hole puncher for crying out loud. Ay, ay, ay. Bully, only in the world of the WWE could we see a busted O ring. <laughs> You're going to break your O ring. You're going to blow out your O ring. What did you. you know, did you. Uh, if I could be serious for a moment, what did you think of the table match? I mean, again, I. I it was fine. I mean, you're right. Like, Lana needed to get... I just wish this would have happened three months ago as opposed to February. But if it was going to happen, let it happen. And Lana being able to do that. I, I didn't like the follow-up with Naomi and Shayna Baszler. That I did not like at all. Because now you're just making Nia and Shayna Baszler a joke. Like, you know, like how, how can you put any kind of stock into this tag team after what took place yesterday. Uh, I've had zero stock invested in them in a while now, unfortunately. Um, You know, Gabby said months ago that she liked the interaction between Nia and Shayna, and I kind of agreed with her. They had this quirky little friendship that made me laugh at times, but in the ring, this tag team that should have been dominant and taken seriously is... Uh, a bit of a uh, a bit of a joke. I liked, and you, you talked about the Naomi versus Shayna match, and I want to get into a little something right now. And it was a, another little thing that mm-hmm. pissed me off because this shows 
this is insulting to my, to my intelligence as a wrestling fan. Kind of like almost and Shane McMahon not acknowledging each other. Well, Shane did, but almost didn't, right? Yeah. So last night we see Naomi come to the ring with Lana. She's got her back. She's by her side the whole nine yards. We're friends. Yay. Happy, happy, joy, joy. How's your hole? So Naomi does not get involved in the match, which I really, really liked. I like the fact that Lana found a way to win on her own. I like the fact that she did not overpower Naya to put her through a table. I like the fact that it was a desperation push from behind and that and the way Naya went through the table. It made sense. It worked. It was the right thing to do. Very well executed. Then Lana gets in the ring. She gets her hand raised. And Shayna comes in and gloms her from behind. Yep. Right? Naomi does her kick and her springboard and all her stuff, and Shayna bails. How many times did you see Naomi check on Lana? She didn't. At all. As if Lana wasn't even there. As if Lana who? Like, if you came to the ring, it's not like you did a run-in and made the save where it could just be a generic, it could just be a baby face making a save for a baby face. You were out there with your buddy Lana. And your buddy Lana just got glommed from behind. And what's Lana doing? She's selling her ass off, God bless her. All she did was get cranked from behind, but she's selling, she's selling, she's selling. And all Naomi's worrying about is, you know, is Shayna. I would have loved to have seen Naomi, and this is not a Naomi. They're probably producing it this way. I would have loved to have seen Naomi nail Shayna Baszler with that springboard kick. Shayna Baszler bumps out of the ring. Naomi now goes to check on Lana. And while she's checking on Lana to make sure her friend is okay, that's when Shayna jumps back up on the apron. Now Naomi goes over to her and starts to fire up. And now you got that camera shot. Now Baszler's backing off. That's the shit that doesn't make sense to me because you're telling me that your baby face Naomi is just concerned about her beauty shot and not her friend that she walked down to the ring with. Makes sense? Yeah, it makes a it makes a lot of sense. And and like again, Naomi and Shayna Baszler to me, bully that that could be a pay per view matchup. But instead, it's just like a throwaway impromptu three minute match on Monday Night Raw. Like. I'm I'm sorry. I get it. We're having fun with Nia Jackson. You know this is going to be a joke like we talked about earlier. They're going to stretch out for weeks and weeks. You know, I like this is not doing any favors for Shayna Baszler. Like Shayna Baszler is really the victim here because and Ed just reminded us, bully we're a year removed where Shayna Baszler was choking everybody out in the Elimination Chamber last year on that road to WrestleMania. And now she's she's a joke. A joke. Why? For what reason? You could, like you bully, you just said you could do the funny shit outside the ring. They don't get along. They clash. You know, you know, Naya and Shayna clash, but you know what? Once they get into the ring, they're all business. You could do that, but I'm sorry. I'm not buying into this tag team anymore between these two. No, I haven't bought into them in a long time. I think uh, both of them need help with their in-ring work. Um, I, 
Nia looks like she doesn't like to get touched. Yeah. Like when you swing at Nia, when you go for a punch at Nia, her head is down and her hands are up. Like I think she needs to work on some of that stuff. And when I say she needs to work on it, I'm saying it in a way where I'm trying to help, not hurt or bash somebody. And the reason I I think this is because we heard reports of uh, Vince McMahon sending certain talent down to the PC for a little bit of extra help. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially when you have a place like the PC around. So if it's there, hey, girls, you, there's, there's a couple of uh, holes in your game. No pun intended. <laughs> go, go work on some of this stuff because the, the, the regression um, is significant to me, especially when I see them together. I, I like the job that Nia did last night with Lana. I thought that was a, 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 a decently booked table match with the right outcome, the right payoff. They did it the right way. But like I said, certain things, and, and let me take a second here to put Lana over because Lana, the, the, the number one word that has come to mind when I see Lana these days on television ever since the first day she went through that table is professional. She is a complete pro. I see that woman trying as hard as she can every single time she goes out there. Lana's not Charlotte and she's not Sasha and she's not Bailey, yada, yada. We get it. But I'll be damned if that girl doesn't go out there and give it her all and and try her hardest. I know she goes down and she rolls around with Natty uh, at Natty and TJ's place down there. She, she tries to get that extra work in. As we've talked about before, if you have an opportunity to get in a ring during this COVID time and keep your chops up and, you know, keep your timing down and you're rolling and you're bumping and everything like that, you should be doing that. She invests time in her profession she goes out there she's never boo-boo faced about anything she's taking power bombs by nia jacks and she's still getting up she's selling she's registering her facials are great bravo lana you did this the right way and for going back to that segment last night she was the the best of the four when it came to selling facial expressions and everything else and listen i love naomi this isn't a knock on naomi she hasn't been given a lot of opportunities but it really did bother me too like you said you know Shayna, you know lay you know lays out lana and then naomi does the kick and then you know does the, the off the jump off the second rope to do the high kick you know you're you're protecting your friend you're going in there you're throwing punches you're not going to do a somersault jump off the second rope into a kick that's just not that's not realistic when you're trying to protect your friend that just got laid out I agree with you, and I, I have the 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 spotty springboard kick did not bother me as much as the not checking on your friend. Yes, she should have turned around and started throwing punches right in the face of Shayna Baszler, as opposed to, hey, let me get my pretty high kick in, and then let me get my pretty springboard kick in. Like that's just getting your shit in for the sake of getting your shit in and not working for the betterment of the angle. 
And then when it's done, instead of, like you said, just quickly turning around and checking on your friend, you got your, your, your hands up in the air because you're playing up to the crowd with a big smile on your face. Like, you know, again. I can, t- get, I can get past all that. I can get past. What I can't get past is her not checking on Lana. And once again, I go back to agents and producers. Because not every wrestler is going to, quote, unquote, know better. Okay, it takes a long time to perfect uh, this art form, this craft, and to know every right thing to do, when to do it, and when not to do it. Um, And this is where a producer should say, okay, Naomi, if you want to do your high kick and you want to do your springboard kick, that's fine. I might think a punch is better, but if that's what you want to do, all good. Once you do those two things, go and check on Lana. I don't care if you check on Lana for one second. At least you're showing me that you're a baby face that cares about your friend because you walked to the ring with her and you were all smiley and happy on the way down there. These are, those are the little things that bug the shit out of me. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. With the country as divided as it is, maybe Nia's Hole can bring us all together. <laughs> so, you know what? The pandemic couldn't do it, but maybe Nia's Hole could do it. Yeah. We needed a hero. Oh. Yes, the world needed a, needed a hero. Instead, yes. it got Nia's Hole. When, when yeah. the world needed a hero. <laughs> Again, thoughts, concerns, and prayers. prayers. Mm-hmm. To Nia Jax's hole, and we ask the nation. We don't. We ask a lot from the nation, bully. I know that, and they always come through for us. We definitely need her them to tweet at Nia Jax because she needs it right now. She needs. Sometimes yeah. you need that little inspiration to get you through what's going on right now with her. You go to your local Hallmark store. You find the whole section of cards, and you get a nice, a nice yes. whole sympathy card for her. The nation this isn't like a. Be- no, this isn't like a preparation wind, age thing. Uh, the no, wind no, no, beneath no. Naya's hole. Yes. Did you ever know that you're my, <laughs> you're my hero? You're everything I wish I could be. Let's go to the calls. Uh, all right, let's go to the calls. Let's go to Austin in Missouri. Austin, what do you want to say about the U.S. title picture right now on Raw? Well, I just want to first send my uh, good vibes to the whole of Nia Jax, yep. most importantly. Um, I just also want to say big fan of your guys' show. It gets me through my mornings each day. Appreciate it. Got uh, it, brother. Well, I just wanted to kind of bounce off of what uh, Bully said about Bobby Lashley, and that's kind of what I called in for because, you know, there's been a lot of negatives with Raws. We all know the last few months, definitely. But the Hurt Business has been the one constant positive in my book. Yes, those four guys are just great on the stick, great in the ring. Um, but Bobby Lashley, that's what I wanted to call. Like I said, and because he's just he's turned into that destroyer that he was in Impact Wrestling, and I'm just really compelled with the U.S. title picture right now. And I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on maybe Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley down the road. I know we have the triple threat match at the Elimination Chamber, but 
with Keith Lee back on Raw, and I think a great match last night with Riddle, do you guys think that down the road we'll get Keith Lee and Bobby Lashley, like maybe at a WrestleMania? Well, I mean, let's look at, and Austin, thanks for the phone call. Bully, let's look at what we just saw last night. And this is uh, one of those things that bothers me, is that you have the Keith Lee uh, Matt Riddle match. And Keith Lee beats Matt Riddle, you know, clean in the middle of the ring. And then Lashley comes out at the end of that match and lays both of them out. And then, like, two segments later, they announce at Elimination Chamber, you're getting a triple threat match for the United States Championship between Lashley, Keith Lee, and Riddle. Why? Riddle just lost to Keith Lee. What do you mean, why? (sighs) Why not? It bothers me. Then, then why have then have Lashley come in before that match is over and 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 knock both Riddle and Keith Lee off their feet? And then there's a no contest, so now you set up a triple. Keith Lee just beat Matt. Riddle. Why does Matt Riddle deserve to be in that match at Elimination Chamber after just losing to Keith Lee last night on Raw? You know, Dave, if I would have had Bobby Lashley come to the ring and beat the crap out of both of them, that would have made too much sense. Now, what do you got to say about that? Sense. It makes no sense. There's no reason. And, and, and by the way, doesn't it make more sense that there's no finish to that match? Let's set up a triple threat. Right now, that match should just be Keith Lee and Lashley at Elimination Chamber. The, at times, professional wrestling can prostitute the run-in. And then, when the run-in makes total sense, they don't use it at all. Yeah. Last night, if you wanted to set up a triple threat match for the Elimination Chamber, the run-in by Bobby Lashley would have been the perfect time. You could have had Riddle and Keith Lee slugging it out and then just slide the Destroyer in and let the Destroyer do what the Destroyer does best. Destroy. Yep. Then the three-way makes sense. Props to Keith Lee this morning for getting up for that massive spine buster. Keith Lee made Bobby Lashley look like Superman last night. Keith Lee goes 330, okay? That is a big, dense, strong man. And he made Bobby Lashley look like he was from Krypton. That's how strong Bobby looked last night. Great job, Keith Lee. Yeah, and, and that's why I want to see them, those two, in the ring in a, in a singles match. Matt Riddle, to me, unnecessary. Matt Riddle, to me, he's great in the ring. We talked about it. You talk about emotional investment or wanting to get behind somebody. I'm, I'm sorry. It's impossible to get behind Matt Riddle after what I see with him on Monday Night Raw on a weekly basis. He's just not doing it for you. He's, he, he's watching Air Bud, and you're not a fan of Air Bud. And speaking of getting a match that we want to see, dear WWE, give us Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Thank you, period. Have a nice day, period. The Busted Open Nation. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that's what they're building towards. I'm hoping, you know, Brock hasn't come back. You know, if you're going to bring Brock Lesnar back, 
sooner rather than later. I don't want him involved with Roman right now. If he does come back, have him involved with Bobby Lashley because that's a match I think we've wanted to see since Lashley's come back the night after WrestleMania 34. Um, We've talked about Brock and Roman on the show. Brock and Roman at this year's WrestleMania would be entirely too soon. You leave that championship on Roman Reigns. I'd leave it on him for a full year and go all the way to next year's WrestleMania. And then a couple of months, and then next year at the Royal Rumble, here comes the Beast. Yep. And then you do a three-month build to the Beast and and Roman at Mania with Heyman in between. Um, But as far as Bobby and, uh, and Keith are concerned... And I'm just wondering, I'm wondering why Riddle's being thrown in there. Um, it will, it, Bobby and Keith very much are the same, powerful big men. You throw Riddle in there and it gives you just enough of a different style to make the match a little bit more interesting than just a big man power match. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Um, you and I actually texted each other back and forth during the segment with uh, Charlotte Lacey and Ric Flair from last night. Um, not a fan. Uh, not a fan of the the promos and not a fan of the match. And what really bothered me about it was why the explanation? Why do you feel like you have to explain yourselves to the WWE universe. The one thing that I loved about this storyline, and Bully, you and I are in total agreement. We like this storyline, though it seems on social media we're in the minority when it comes to this. I like the storyline. But I didn't like the turn that it took last night on many different levels. One, first and foremost, Bully, is the explanation. I didn't understand that explanation at all. The only reason why I think they gave an explanation was there was probably backlash. Social media backlash. Why else would they explain it? Why would they feel the need now to explain anything? To be so explicit as to this is just a relationship based on wrestling and making sure that this girl gets better and not anything uh, of a romantic kind. Like, why did they have to be so specific? For what reason? I, I, there, there was no reason. I mean, a lot of people I, writing letters to the editor. I mean, it's, it's social media backlash because people thought that... Um, uh, Old man Ric Flair was, you know, in cahoots again with with a, another woman, this time a married woman, a Marine. So everybody's probably bitching and moaning and complaining. So the WWE had to take a step back and tell you, no, that's not what's going on. 
My daughter, you know, my daughter's a 13-time champion, but I know Lacey can be just as good as her, and I'm sick and tired of my daughter, say, you know, people saying that my daughter is better than me, so I'm going to make uh, Lacey better than her. I, I, like, come on. Didn't need to go there. Did not need no. to go there. And the other thing that really bothered me, too, is actually what Ric Flair was saying, okay, don't think you need to do it, but Ric Flair is, hey, listen, and he's given the deal. He's given the explanation. One thing that we liked about this whole storyline, Bully, was the realism of it. Hey, you know what? Charlotte is always trying to prove herself to her father. You know, uh, you know, she wants to do it on her own, wants to come out from this shadow, and she is the greatest. Then you got Ric Flair in his 70s, um, still trying to grasp at that spotlight. And you know what? Feeling a little jealousy that Charlotte's been able to do it on her own without his help. And now he's getting a little attention from Lacey Evans. And, I mean, obviously it's a story that I think has a lot of realism to it. Then Lacey Evans spoke, and then that really threw me off. Because there was absolutely no reason for Lacey Evans to speak. That's between Ric Flair and his daughter. And as soon as Lacey Evans went on the microphone, bully, at least to me, it completely threw me off. The realism is out the window. Because what is Lacey doing? Throwing out her taglines. You nasties and you nasty. Like now, now you've made this with your taglines and your shtick and your gimmick. And now the realism in the realism is why I was buying in this to the storyline. She did her best to just throw that all out the window last night. Well, it's not her doing her best to throw it out the window. It's creative doing yes. her best to throw it out the window uh, with the massive backpedal on the ex explanation. And then, uh, as you said, Lacey coming in and having to hit all of her taglines. If we look at this angle from 30,000 feet, who's supposed to be the babyface? Charlotte. Okay. So work with me here i'm going to try to explain my thoughts on how they missed the boat last night it's going to be a little long but i want everybody to understand what i'm talking about if you disagree with me stop me and i'll and i'll and, and we'll talk about it anyway did the wwe try to force feed roman reigns down fans throat as a babyface yes did they accept it no when did the WWE universe finally accept Roman Reigns? When Roman changed his whole personality and character and turned heel. N no, before that. When did they accept Roman Reigns? When he came back, when he was fighting with a real life, you know, with his real battle with leukemia. Correct. Because people felt what emotion towards Roman Reigns? It's a true emotion. They felt, they, they, you know, this was a real life situation. Sympathetic. Yep. Yes. Yes. A lot of sympathy for, yes. for Roman because he's going through a very real life situation with leukemia. He came back from it and people like, you know what? We love you, Roman, for, for coming back. Now, the Charlotte situation is not the same as Roman, no. but it's the word that I want to attach it to, which is sympathy. L looking at the Charlotte, Rick and Lacey storyline Let's forget about all this, the crap about Charlotte and all this. If those were three normal people, could you feel sympathy for Charlotte right off the bat that her dad is doing what he's doing? Yeah, of course. 
I would, yes. Because, you know, it's like, what's going on here? Yeah, that's so, your father, you know? I felt like last night they could have taken the first step into getting sympathy on Charlotte Flair. In no way, shape, or form would it happen in one night. But in order for it to happen, you need night one. And last night should have been night one. When Charlotte came out last night, she shouldn't have come out in the robe. When Charlotte walked down that ring last night, she shouldn't have walked down like a 13-time world champion. She could have been in her gear if they knew she had a match, but they didn't have to give you all the pomp and circumstance. Strip down the pomp and circumstance and make it real. Jeans and a t-shirt. Correct. Or if they knew that they had to have a match, she can just be in her gear. You didn't need all the the robe. But yeah, I would have much preferred to see jeans and a t-shirt. Or with Charlotte, because she looks so incredible when she gets all dressed up. A a normal whatever. A a business suit. Whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. She should have gotten that ring. And she should have looked at her father with not tears in her eyes, but concern. And she should have addressed Ric Flair, not as dad, but as daddy. Rick, Charlotte Flair should have taken herself from the 13-time world champion, top of the food chain, woman's wrestler, to daddy's little girl. And she should have been talking to him and him only. Daddy, why are you doing this? What's wrong? Can we please stop this? I'm willing to forget about the past couple of weeks. Come on, Daddy. I love you. I was by your side when you were on your deathbed. This is wrong. You know it's wrong. I know it's wrong. The entire W, you know, whatever. Endear herself to him and be willing to um, um, forgive him for what he's doing. We should have seen a vulnerable Charlotte Flair because Daddy was breaking her heart but as much as charlotte would have believed she was right she would have been willing to just forgive and forget if daddy will just walk back up the ramp with me and all is fine you with me so far yes 100 percent. do you dig it so far yes i do okay if lacy would have interrupted charlotte should not have said a word when lacy interrupted last night And Lacey can be a condescending you-know-what. When she uh, interrupted and Charlotte looked at her and snapped and said, you shut your mouth, dead in the water. Because now Charlotte is coming over the top and saying, I can be more of a condescending you-know-what than you can. And now we're done. Because now I no longer feel bad for Charlotte anymore. And that promo segment... I didn't feel any sympathy for Charlotte. I didn't feel bad for Charlotte. Nothing. Because I felt that Charlotte is and was what she always is. The alpha female in the ring who you're not going to get a a, a leg up on, a hand up on, whatever. It's just not going to happen. Now you have to have the match. The way I would have put this together, Charlotte would have tried to reason with her father, 
Ric Flair cries at the snap of a finger. Yep. Flair would have started to cry also. And then Rick and Charlotte could have embraced. Rick could have said something nice. And then when they embraced, that's where Lacey cranks Charlotte in the back of the head. And Rick looks down and says to Charlotte, I'm still the dirtiest player in the game. And they should have gotten a shitload of heat on Charlotte last night. Lacey Evans should have beat Charlotte down bad. Monster heat. I'm not saying that you would have gotten all of the sympathy, but you would have taken a step in the right direction because it's easier to feel bad for a woman who's trying to get daddy back on her side. And now daddy roped her in and deceived her. So this woman could beat her down. You would have had to have looked at Ric Flair and go, you know what, Rick, you really are a piece of shit. I've known you're a piece of shit your entire career because you've told me you were, but that that's uncalled for. That's your daughter. You would have felt just even the even the biggest Charlotte haters, they might not admit it, but you'd feel just a little bit bad for Charlotte in that in that situation. And now you have the match, right? Yeah. The minute Charlotte starts getting up on Lacey Evans, you expect it. Charlotte's the better wrestler. If that was going to be a match last night, that should have been a squash match for Lacey Evans because of what Rick would have done to Charlotte. Or it could have been a giant angle. I don't know why we needed a competitive match last night between Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans. What did that what did that competitive match do for making Charlotte any more of a sympathetic babyface? No, you know what I felt like at the end of that match, Bully? I felt like all the nation members that tweet and call this show about Charlotte being protected. I got to admit, I felt that after that match took place last night. I don't even think that last night was protecting her. I just did, I didn't think it was the uh, the proper angle for them or the or the, or the next step in the story. No, the, the, the when, story. When am, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, no, but no, the, go, go, go. The story that they were telling has now gone in a completely different direction after last night. Everything that we were buying into, like you just said, like. What you just said was the continuation of the story that we were buying into for weeks. The story that they told us last night, it's now going in a completely... I don't know what direction it's going in, but it's not the direction that we thought it was going in. And what was the finish of the match? The finish of the match was was Charlotte getting disqualified. And you see Charlotte beating the crap out of, out yes. of, uh, out of, uh, Lacey. Out of uh, Lacey. And she says something to her father, and she gets disqualified. Oh, because Charlotte is so mad. She's so angry. Do I really need to see Charlotte so mad and so angry? No, what I need to see is Charlotte vulnerable. I need to see Charlotte in a situation that she's never been in before. I need her to see her. They, Lacey Evans didn't need to uh, break Charlotte's back last night. They needed to break her heart last night. That's what that angle needed. A broken heart, not a broken back. No. 
Because if you break Charlotte's heart because of what daddy did for her, it's impossible as a fan not to feel a little bit for her. A little bit sympathetic. And if you can take one baby step forward in getting sympathy on someone, then you follow it up next week. I want to see a dejected Charlotte Flair because of what her father is doing to her. You're killing me, Daddy. You're killing me inside. You're breaking my heart. And then when Charlotte is at, is at uh, her heart has been broken so much, that's when she needs to lace her boots back up as tight as possible and throw her robe back on and say, you know what? If this is the way you're going to treat me, Daddy, after all the years I've been by your side and as proud as I make you, now I'm going to beat the living shit out of your new protege. Charlotte 2.0 will never become what I am. This portion of Busted Open is brought to you by new Busted Open Coffee. Whether it's a cold winter morning or the next time you find yourself going sleepy time bobos on a Monday, try new Busted Open Coffee. You'll soon find yourself more wired than Randy Savage delivering a promo. And nothing is going to stop me. Busted Open Coffee. The best part of waking up is Busted Open in your cup. By the way, can I just say what my favorite part of last night was, if I want sure. to, just because just because I think my love life has been tapped out enough here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just Tap pretty it sad. It's like every week with Lana, it gets slammed by a table, but it's fine. Anyway. <laughs> Go ahead, Gabby. Mus- Mustafa Ali screaming that the Retribution members were hungry. Yes. Was the most... I, I tweeted about most relatable I've ever felt to retribution because who's more of a monster than a person that has not eaten Dave. Yeah. When you're hungry, yeah, nothing like it. Yes. But there's a lot of hangry people and you know what? They don't <laughs> go into companies and beat up people and destroy technological laptops and make this whole uproar. It's called eat a burger. You know what I mean? Get a, get a, get a pizza. And call it a day. National Pizza Day, by the way, today. Oh, it's National Pizza Day. Thank you very much. By the way, retribution with another loss. Like, again, I go back to, like, the conv- – we did shows on – remember that? Remember when we were doing actual shows on retribution and the storyline and where this is going to go? And everybody's like, wow, this is going to be – man, they, they might – you know, boy, at the, at the Rumble, they're going to just take over the Royal Rumble and Survivor Series. And it's like, wow, they are – you know, Dave, yes. give it time. <laughs> yeah. Be patient. Let the story play out. Yep. Teabag and slapdick with a big, <laughs> big match last night on Raw. Tremendous. They suck. I, to me, like, I did not. Under, I know Gabby found, found it entertaining about uh, Ali screaming and yelling. I. I had no idea why he was doing that, and I think he he could have just been in screw-it mode. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to yell and scream, and we'll see what happens. He did yell, they're so hungry. over the top. He yelled, they're hungry, bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, it's almost as if he was saying, you know what? If creative is not going to give a shit, neither am I. Yeah, like Gabby said, that's a man who hasn't eaten. He yelled that out. He legitimately yelled, that's a man who hasn't eaten. Tremendous. You know, give him a Snickers bar for crying out loud. Do you get hangry? 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it would have it would have worked out better if it was like later in the show. Like that that their match was like in the first hour. They should have put that match in the third hour of the show. Then it would have made more sense. Yeah, when like catering is gone for the night. <laughs> yeah, and they they missed it. They missed <laughs> catering. Contribution wasn't allowed in the building. They missed catering. I'm, I'm glad they did this though for them because they're they, they, as wrestlers they weren't over at all on NXT. You know, Mia well, no, Yen, no, 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 Dominic Dijakovic. Dijakovic they were having horrible uh, matches against Keith horrible. Lee. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> horrible, horrible. Ed? If you give T-Bar a Snickers, does he turn back into Dominic Dijakovic? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was funny. Bravo, Ed Robinson. Bravo. Do you know what? That's the storyline. This yep. is all one long Snickers commercial. And Everybody maybe- tweet T-Bar a picture of a Snickers bar and oh. pray that he turns back into Dijakovic. That's what's going to happen at WrestleMania. Snickers <laughs> is going to be the sponsor at WrestleMania, and they're going to give T-Bar and Slapdick and everybody, they're going to give them Snickers bars, and they're going to turn back to where they were at NXT. That's such good shit. That's <laughs> that actually awesome, is, that yeah. actually is yeah. good shit. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 